The recordings you are about to hear have been declassified and released by the British Ministry of Defence. These files cover the period from 1950 to the present day and provide the first indications that we are not alone. New Haven and landlords of the rustic arms are suing a Catholic priest brought in to drive out a nuisance poltergeist. When he left, all the spirits were missing. Leonard Vociferous of Snitterfield was on a hunting trip when his friend mistook him for a distant cousin and took a shot at him with a rifle. Mr. Vociferous was saved from injury as the bullet was deflected by a Bible before entering his chest. It would almost certainly have saved his life had he not been killed instantaneously by a high-velocity impact in the chest only seconds before from a Bible. Archaeologists in Egypt claim to have found the location of a cave containing treasure thought to be the origin of the Aladdin story. Unlike the original, the cave doesn't require a password, but they are struggling to guess the 40-digit access code. London, 1953. Right, men. I need you both to pay attention. We've had a message in from Scotland Yard. This is a manhunt. We need all available hands to support. Now, we're looking for three armed robbers. Well, they should be easy to find. There can't be many men with three arms. Does it say how many of them there are? No, just that they have three arms. Is it possible they actually had more than three arms? How do you mean, Trent? Well, they could have had concealed arms, sir, or been viewed from the side. Good point, Trent. Let's keep an eye out for men with three or more arms. Does it say if they had any weapons, sir? No, Brown, it doesn't. Although apparently they escaped on foot. Just one foot, sir. That's what it says, yes. Is that one foot in total between... Between them, sir? No, that would be ridiculous. So we're looking for an unknown number of men with three arms and one foot each? That's correct. Just a thought, sir. But is it possible that one of the legs could have been mistaken for an arm, sir? It doesn't say. Should we ask Scotland Yard, sir? No, no, we don't want to look like idiots. The man with one foot wouldn't be able to get far, sir. That should significantly reduce our search area. That's jumping to a conclusion, Brown. I think they must have jumped to a conclusion, sir. I can't see how else they would have escaped with only one foot. Did any of them have any distinguishing features, sir? Aside from having three arms, you mean? Uh, yes, aside from that, sir. Anything that made him stand out from the crowd? Well, one of the men had a tattoo on his forearm. I thought they only had three arms, sir. Well, we said at least three arms, Brown. Let's just uh, stick to the profile. This man carried a sidearm. Is that in addition to the forearm, sir? I think so. What would he want with another arm if he already had four arms, sir? Well, I think that must be one of the four arms. It also says they took flight from the scene. Took flight, sir? That's correct. So I think we're looking for some kind of winged creature. Or possibly a light aircraft. No, no, it's a built-up area, Trent. It'd have to be a helicopter. Is it possible to fly a helicopter with only one foot, sir? It is if you've got three arms, yes. Or possibly a jetpack, sir. Or a jetpack. Well, I think we're making great progress here. Look, Trent, get me a list of all three armed men with pilot's licences in the Greater London area. Yes, sir, although I am a little short-handed, sir. Really? Yes, sir, stop me from learning the piano as a child. Makes it difficult to reach the shift key on the computer. I see. Brown, help him out, will you? And men... Yes, yes sir. sir. I'm confident we'll get the culprits. They don't call this department intelligence for nothing. Yes, yes sir. sir. Portsmouth, 2014. Hello. We're hoping to buy some paint. Of course. Only my husband can't make up his mind. I see. And which room are you decorating? Our sitting room. In which case, can I recommend our Swiss range? Why Swiss? They're neutral colours and they keep excellent time. Here's our sample chart. 
Ah, this is the sort of colour I was thinking of. What shade do you call that? Kaiser's bagpipe. You're clearly a man of discerning taste, sir. He is certainly full of excruciatingly sounding wind. Or something like that. Uh, perhaps a shade darker. Dystopian flip-flop? Mm, probably too dark. Wistful hymen? It's a uh, perhaps. Yes? It's a little too wistful. Jesus. How about spanking Badger? Not sure. What are you thinking, darling? Someone should tell the Badger he'll go blind. It's somewhere between frottage and clown's malaise. Then can I recommend one of our best sellers? Jizzle. Oh, I love Jizzle. Jizzle, darling, isn't it beautiful? Henry and Olivia have got Jizzle all through their hall and up their stairs. Stunning. <laughs> really stunning. What do you think, darling? I think Jizzle is a massive pile of shizzle. Oh, please, darling, you said you'd take this seriously. Oh, I am trying. But really, is this what happens when you get made redundant? Most men buy a Porsche, have an affair. Just my luck I get one who takes up interior design. I thought you'd be pleased. You know all this is just marketing bullshit. They just come up with random pairings of words to make the colour sound more sophisticated than it really is. Now you're just being ridiculous. What's this one called? Aristotle's cagoule. See? Perhaps Madame would be interested in our 1950s range. There still are exceptional high-quality paints, only with a vintage twist. Here. OK. This one's nice. That's green. OK. And this is grey. And these two? This is dark blue, and this is light blue. Light blue. Yes, it's like dark blue, only less dark. Lighter? Less dark, that's right. Well, I think these are perfect. Shall we go for grey? How many pots will we need? I love grey, but I'm just... I'm just not sure this is the right kind of grey. In which case, perhaps, sir, I'd like to see our anatomy of grey range. Wow. We've got battleship grey, blue grey, green grey, French grey, dove grey, earl grey, pebble grey, pigeon grey, linda grey, andy grey, lady jane grey, shark grey, greys and means, curds and grey, grey friars, grey matter, grey squirrel, grey hound, slate grey, straight grey, gay grey, by grey, my grey or the high grey, grey pride, Grayson Perry and Larry Grayson. Oh, and we also have a further 50 shades of grey. Really? But we keep them under the counter. Amazing. What do you think, darling? Darling? I'm going to the pub. Marston Trussell, 1954. Welcome to the abode of Alexis. Do you want to know the future? Hello. Enter the tent and meet the amazing Alexis, who can foretell the future. Margin of error, plus or minus 20%. Past success is not necessarily an indicator of future prosperity. Oh, shall we have a go, Ian? Well, I don't normally go in for this sort of thing. Oh, go on. How much is it? Cross my parent with silver. Better the donation, the clearer the future is for some reason. There you go. Before you cross through the security curtain, there are a few things you should know about the mysterious Alexis to prepare yourselves. Yes? Alexis the Mysterious does not provide financial advice, and any financial products invested in as a result of advice Alexis may provide are done so at your own risk. Please, enter the tent. Hello, I am Alexis the Mysterious. Come in, sit down. Terrible day, isn't it? Cup of tea? Will it be extra? Very astute young man. I see you are recently married, saving to buy a car, and living with your parents. That's amazing. Recently married because you have rings but have come in together, saving to buy a car because from the state of your shoes you walked across the fields, and living with parents because you would rather walk through fields together to get to a half-baked funfair on a wet Sunday afternoon than stay in the house. Now, let me gaze into the screen of my mysterious device and put in some personal details. The mists of time are clearing. It's becoming clearer. I see 
I see... Taking into account current circumstances, there's a 98% chance of you having children, followed by a 25% chance of divorce, probably based on Ian being unfaithful with a work colleague, with a 43% chance of her being better looking than your wife. How rude! There's a 56% chance that Ian will end up working in something called the mobile phone industry, and your wife will go back to work in something related to finance with an 84% probability. There's an unexpected illness looming in Ian's mid-40s, leading to prolonged bouts of depression and anxiety, which may or may not contribute to your statistically slightly earlier than average death and 26% chance of drug dependence. How's that? That's terrible! Well, just remember, the future is uncertain. Can I interest you in a tracker mortgage? No, hang on. We didn't come here for concrete predictions. We wanted tantalising glimpses of the future, wrapped up in mystery. A teasing glimpse of a brighter future. Well, in that case, let me see. I foretell a large win on the pools, a long and happy life in the south of France. Your children will grow up to be lawyers and doctors and will phone home at weekends. And all of your Christmases will be jolly. That's better. With a probability of one in 14 billion. Well, you've got to live in hope, haven't you? Aha! In that case, I predict you will shortly encounter a tall, dark stranger. That's more like it. He sells raffle tickets in the next tent along. Good day. After nearly 14 years of construction, the British interstellar probe is nearing completion. The original five-year programme was exceeded due to bad weather, not being able to get the parts, and difficulty getting an MOT certificate on a weekend. The crew are now on board, conducting their final tests. Now, have you got everything? Yes. Are you sure? The naming ceremony is about to begin. A name was needed that would capture the feeling of remote darkness into which they would be venturing an area into which no Englishman has ever dared to tread. I name this ship HMS Glasgow. So now the time has come for the ship to leave. Its enormous engines burst into life for the first time, frying several rare species of newt. The starship HMS Glasgow begins its 1,000-year voyage across the galaxy. Anne, have you seen my bag? I think I might have left it on the dock. I'll just have to do without it. But it's got all my stuff in. All my stuff. The brave two-man crew leave home. Did he just call us men? I think he means in the sense of being members of mankind. Over the coming months, they will become as close as brothers. Oh. I suppose we all look much the same in spacesuits. They leave in the certain knowledge that thanks to Einstein's theory of relativity, when they return home, everyone they know will be long dead. What did he say? Nothing. He did? He said something about everyone being dead. Anne? No. Can I borrow a book? Hounslow, 1959. Thanks for coming along to the Health and Safety Review panel, Professor Smith. Not a problem. There have been some concerns about some of your recent inventions, so I was was hoping we could talk through some of them. Where would you like to start? Um, Okay. Uh, how about this A-bomb? What's that? Well, the A-bomb is a device that is designed to trigger an atomic explosion, causing widespread devastation and death, and leaving radioactivity in its wake that causes suffering and illness for a great many generations. I see. Does anyone have any questions on that? No. No, sounds fine to me. Yeah, no, no problems here. Good. Shall we move on then? What about this microwave oven? Well, this is a small oven that cooks food rapidly using high-energy radio waves. Hold on, hold on. Did you say radio waves? Yes. Well, that's just irresponsible, isn't it? I mean, those things, they could go anywhere. We could have cooked people all over the place. Not to mention the food. That food could be hot. Well, that was a lucky escape. 
That thing could have gone to market. Oh, hold on, Christopher. I think I may just have spotted an issue with the A-bomb. Oh, yes? Yeah, I, I can't believe we overlooked it. I mean, guys, look at the end. The end? Yes. It's pointy. You could have someone's eye out with that. Hello. My name's Tony and this is Sarah. I'm six and a half. You are. And this is how things work. Today we're going to look at why aeroplanes fly. Do we get to go on an aeroplane? No. Why not? Do you know why aeroplanes fly? It's because they go fast. No, it isn't. Let's have a look at the aeroplane's wing. Do you see the shape? No. Look. Look at the picture, Sarah. Look at the picture. It's fatter on the top half than on the bottom half. Are you an aeroplane then? No. So you see, the air has further to travel over the top, and so the air that goes over the top is under less pressure. How do you respond to pressure, Tony? And the wing moves in the direction of the lower pressure. What did you say? Is that why you left your job in the city? It's called lift. This has nothing to do with my job in the city. If we've got a lift, why do we need an aeroplane? Ah, not a lift. Lift. Is that a sick stain on your shirt? No, it isn't. It's probably curry. Are you wearing the same shirt you wore yesterday, then? No. Why are there beer bottles on the floor in your flat? Sometimes I have to wear the same shirt for continuity. Is that why your wife won't see you anymore? I don't see what that's got to do with aeroplanes. Do you have any questions about aeroplanes? If they have all this lift, how do they land? Well, that's all there is about aeroplanes for how this does week. The engine work? I want to know how the engine works now. Next week we'll be looking at nuclear power. You must be bloody kidding. Burton upon Trent, 1998. A table for two, please. No problem, this way. Can we have a high chair? I can put a cushion on a normal chair. Do you have short legs? <laughs> it's for our son. Ah, sorry. No children allowed in the restaurant. What? No, he'll have to be left outside. Outside? Yes, it's where you were before you came in. Excuse me. Table for one. Yes, please, and a dog. Certainly. Go straight through. I can't leave him outside. He could be taken away. We don't do takeaway. It's eat-in only, so the scope for confusion is fairly minimal. I mean, it's not safe. Oh, dangerous, is he? You can chain him to the railings. You should really get him under control. Although, does he cry if you leave him out on his own? You just let that man in with a dog. Of course. Children are noisy, often messy and disruptive. Dogs are usually very well behaved, and they don't make a mess. Excuse me. Two and a dog? Yes, please. Me and my husband. Lovely. What breed is he? He's a human. I meant the dog. Oh, a Tibetan vomiting spaniel. Poor thing. He likes it if you tickle his tummy. I bet he does. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> I meant the dog. Oh, sorry. Do you have a dog's menu? No, they can't hold them. No thumbs. And anyway, they have exactly the same thing every day. Go on through. This is outrageous. It's discrimination. It's part of the Animal Rights Act. The noise from children is quite offensive to other diners who just want to get their noses down in a good bowl and not to mention the smell. Now, leg shagging or non-leg shagging? We can't leave our son out on his own. You could sit outside with him. In the rain? Look, all right, I'll try and squeeze you in, but he must be kept on a lead and you'll have to pick up after him. And don't bother the other guests. Some of the dogs don't get on with children. And uh, there's just the small matter of the dress code. Dress code? Yes. The entertainment didn't show up. Can you put on this cat costume? 
After using a positive widger board which has no letter N, Richard Epiphany of Middlesbrough now hears a tinny recording of poorly played music wherever he goes. His parish priest believes he may have summoned a demo. And another instance of possible time travel. Michael Unraveling reports that he ordered an all-day breakfast in a fast food restaurant and came out the following morning. We've had numerous letters containing sightings of strange objects in the sky. Witnesses report a pair of socks flying low over Northampton, whilst in Ipswich, a set of car keys appeared in the sky. One witness was heard to remark, ah, there they are. An old fridge and a discarded sofa appeared in the sky over Grantham, but no one saw who dumped them there. All of the objects are identified, and so of no interest to UFO spotters. This week's talk was to have been given by Marcel Radical, who claims to have uncovered the secret of bilocation. Unfortunately, he's had to cancel because he was double booked. Commander Sir Christopher Harrison, KG, KCB, VC, DSC. We, the Gulfspaction, are honoured to present you with a circular medal for saving our planet. May I call you Chrissy? Uh, no, Christopher. OK, here you are. Thank you. It's an honour And honor may to... I say, you're looking particularly stunning this evening. Uh, thank you. Your outfit. Yes. Is it Royal Navy? It is. Oh, one of my favourite designers. I see. Look, do you mind if I deliver this acceptance speech? Absolutely. <clears throat> it is a tremendous... It shows honor. off your figure wonders. Right. Do you have a particular diet you follow? What? I mean, to stay in shape like that. No, I just eat sensibly. You must work out a lot. Well, there is a certain amount of PT, yes. And I notice in the combat scenes you wear very close-fitting garments. Yes. Were you able to wear underwear under those? What sort of question is that? Do you do your hair yourself? Can I stop you there? I don't wish to seem disrespectful, but these are the sorts of questions one might ask a lady. Yes. Oh, you mean... Oh, I'm so terribly sorry. Only, obviously, I've been watching your television programmes. You mean... You're a man. Oh, what a terrible faux pas. Only you humans all look the same to us girls, Spaxians, and we don't have your arbitrary distinction of gender. There's no need to apologise. But my manner of address was completely inappropriate for it's the occasion. It's fine. So you're a man. <clears throat> That's correct. I see. May I continue now? Of course. So, it is a huge honour for me to be here this evening. Hey, you! How's it hanging, you old bastard? Birmingham, 1982. Mrs Cranberry, please come in. I'm afraid I have some rather bad news. We've recently begun a screening programme for Ambling's disease, and I'm afraid it turns out you've got it. I have to tell you that so far we've caught every single case a 100% hit rate. But I didn't even know I'd had a test. Test? Oh, there is no test. We just tell everyone they've got it. Haven't missed a case yet. We've also got a test for psychics. Do you want to go? Am I... No, you're not. Once it has left Earth orbit the starship Glasgow begins to accelerate to its maximum speed. It will be seven years before it reaches full speed and passes out of our solar system into the unknown. Even travelling at two-thirds of the speed of light, its destination lies 1,000 years ahead of it. Now, Anne, I wanted to clarify something about our contracts. Yes? Well, originally this bloke said a voyage of 1,000 years, right? Yes. And now he says our destination is 1,000 years away. Well... That's a voyage of 2,000 years. Right. Well, I was wondering where you stood on the idea of overtime. And so, as our starship leaves our home system, the astronauts, carefully selected for their psychological compatibility, look back on their home, the Earth, as it becomes just a tiny speck left far behind. Oh, I'm definitely regretting only bringing one LP. Oh, shut up. It wouldn't be so bad if you hadn't scratched it halfway through track one. <laughs> 
Have you been using my shampoo? No. So who else has been using it then, hey? Barnstable, 2012. Well, thank you for coming, Mr Higginbottom. I sit down here, do I? On the couch, yes. So, Mr Higginbottom, why did you decide to come to a hypnotist? I'm having terrible problems taking up smoking. I see. Well, first of all, we'll put you into a trance. So to begin with, I'd like you to just relax and lie back. Like this? On the couch is better. I see. And take a deep breath and just listen to the sound of my voice. Listen to your voice. Yes, as you slowly drift into a deep sleep. Drift into a deep sleep. You don't have to repeat me. Ah, you don't want me to repeat everything after you then? No. That doesn't help then? No. I see. Let's try something different. I'd like you to lie back and relax and slowly count upwards with each breath. One, two, Good. three, four. Usually people feel sleepy. Five, around six, about seven. Seven, eight. Breathe deeply. Nine, ten. And relax. Eleven. Twelve. Good, that's good. Now I want you to imagine... It's thirteen next, isn't it? Yes. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen... I'd like you to imagine... Seventeen, eighteen... Now I'd like you to imagine that you're... Nineteen, twenty... Okay, you can stop counting now. Really? I think so. I thought I was just getting the hang of it. Yes, I think you've mastered it. So now I'd like you to imagine an object. Yes. A mallet. Yes. A large mallet. I think I've got it, yes. Now, I want you to imagine it coming closer. Yes. And closer. Yes. Until it actually touches you on the head. Oh, yes. And you suddenly find yourself in a deep sleep where you will remain for 20 minutes while I read the paper. Professor Smith, we'd like to look at two more of your inventions. Uh, the first is this uh, wheeled shoe. Ah, yes. These are for children and buckle over their existing shoes, allowing them to propel themselves along on wheels. I see. And, and how do they control their speed? Well, essentially by falling over. Right. And how do they stop? By falling over. I see. Uh, and steering? A kind of controlled falling over. OK. Well, that, that seems OK to me. Uh, the other one we wanted to discuss was this... Um, was it vaccine? Ah, yes. The MMR vaccine. Well, this is a combined vaccine that immunises against measles, mumps and rubella. It has reduced incidences of the diseases dramatically and prevented an estimated 52 million cases and 5,000 deaths in the US alone over a 20-year period. Mm, sounds a bit dangerous to me. Are there any negative side effects? None have emerged, although a study later dismissed as being dishonest and conducted on only 12 people claimed a link with autism. Oh, well, that sounds like a completely unacceptable risk to me. I mean, there's no way I'd trust my genes to something with that sort of record. Sounds like there is an upside, then. Seventy years have now passed since the starship HMS Glasgow left the planet Earth, and it's now approaching its first alien star system. A star system filled with wonder, and alien worlds orbiting a strange sun. See enormous gas giants, and tiny rocky worlds. And there, on the third planet from the star... Hang on a minute. Don't believe it. We're back where we started. What? Give me that map. I told you we should have gone left at Proxima Century. It's not my fault. I said we should and have asked so, the directions. And so, the starship continues on its voyage of 1,070 years, reaching out into the unknown. This next invention is a herbicide. I keep it in this nice-looking orange container, and so we've nicknamed it Agent Orange. 
Basically, it kills plant life, so it's good for weeding, odd jobs around the house, and massive exfoliation projects during wartime. It does have the slight downside that it causes horrible side effects and death in humans, along with horrible birth defects for years to come in the future. Well, that sounds okay to me. Very good. And what's the next one? Well, we're working on a range of genetically modified foods that improve yield and disease resistance. Now, 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 we, we warned you about this before. Sorry, it won't happen again. Mr Simpkins, Mr Collins is here for his annual appraisal. Well, send him in. And hurry up with that tea, misanthrope, or I'll banish you to human resources. Good afternoon, sir. Ah, yes. Uh, Collins, is it? Take a seat. Now... I have only been the driver of ideas at Fabriculus for a month, and your last appraisal was actioned by Mr Cotton, so I only have a few questions. Right. Specifically about the breakthrough goals in your learning and development plan. It says here that Cotton sanctioned a BTEC in time travel. That's right, sir. And why in the name of triple-stitch gussets would he do a thing like that? Well, sir, it's a little awkward. Was it a leverage cleavage in braziers? Not quite, sir. Unlock synergies in socks? No, sir. Pick the low-hanging fruit in gentlemen's pants? Uh, certainly not, sir. Exploit new channels in flannels? Um, Did you think outside the boxer shorts? No, sir. Realise a paradigm shift in chiffon? I've no idea what that means, sir. Did you use it to touch base with tablecloths in homeware? No, although I did once touch cloth in home base in edgeware. What? Well, the toilet was out of order, so I had to use Aldi next door. I still don't understand how you got it through cotton. I didn't tell him the real reason, sir, but, but I wanted to rectify a particularly embarrassing night I spent with Sylvia Pylon after the Christmas party. Come again? Once would have been nice, sir. Miss Pylon? Yes, sir. Miss Pylon from Nylon? Yes, sir. And what was wrong with Miss Pylon from Nylon? She was a bit clingy, sir. But I told Mr Cotton that the BTEC would help me in my business intelligence role, so he signed off the training. And how was it? Well, I'd be lying if I said it was easy, sir. It did take me a while to get into it. There was a lot to learn, and some of the role-play was exhausting. It was all a bit tight, too. I had some difficulty fitting it all in. But once I realised I could go back in time and do it over and over again, it was fine. I was referring to Miss Pylon. So was I, sir. Well, this is all very irregular. Mr Simpkins, your four o'clock is here. Oh, do you mind if we take this offline, Collins? I promised Hargreaves I'd do a quick and dirty drill down on his bottom line to get a greater level of granularity. <laughs> Sounds uncomfortable, sir. Yes, I'm going to need a long, hot thought shower after that for sure. Oh, before you go... Uh, yes, sir? Could we schedule a window for you to share the MO vis-à-vis time travel? I could do with a bit of help with a similar problem. Problem, sir? With Miss Pitcher. The stitcher, Miss Pitcher? Yes. What trouble are you having with Miss Pitcher? I can't get past first base. So the next time your government gives tax cuts to the wealthy while carrying out cuts to benefits and welfare that impact the poorest in society, remember that we are not alone. We Are Not Alone was written by John Thrower and Andrew Fletcher and performed by them with Matt Nation, Lisa Walsh, Lucy Brownhill, Tim Hounsom and Verity Neves. It was produced by John and Lisa Thrower and edited by Nathan Rowe. For a full list of credits and more information about the show, visit our website at www.wearenotalone.co.uk. Finally, after a journey of 1,070 years, the starship Glasgow draws close to its destination, bringing a message of peace and cooperation from across the galaxy. Stand up, quiet everyone! They're coming! They're going to pretend to be out, okay? Who is it? I reckon it's a tractor from Sirius again! Shoosh! Shoosh! Keep quiet! Wait! What is it? It's a card!
We called to see you, but you are out. Please phone this number free of charge to arrange an hotel delivery time. If you don't, we will try to deliver it again in 2,000 years. The starship Glasgow turns around and begins its long journey home. By the way, I take my tea without sugar, but I've been making it this way for 1,000 years. I didn't like to say anything, Anne. Oh, for God's sake, my name's Christine. How hard can that be? You've only got one name to remember. And would you stop using my shower gel? 